You're listening to a message from Impact Student Ministry, a middle and high school-oriented production of The Summit Church. Woo! What's up, Impact? Everybody take a seat, take a seat. Hey, I don't know about you guys, but I got to do a big... Everybody's got to give... Everybody do it on three. Ready? One, two, three. All right, man. You guys feeling good tonight? Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. After all that worship and jumping and going crazy, how are you guys feeling tonight? All right. Hey, man, we're so glad you guys are all here hanging out with us tonight. Everybody give it up for Lily. Way to go, Lily. That's great. Okay. Hey, guys, what a night to be here. If it's your first time to Impact, Hey, listen, we love to have fun, sing. We got a little message here, and then we got one more song, and then we're going to have group time, okay? So if it's your first time here, after the last song that we do, come up front for our VIP experience. Hey, listen, if you actually were new last week as well, I've seen a couple of you guys who were here last week, come up for that as well after the song so we can get you all situated and you know where to go, okay? Hey, we're glad y'all are here. Um, one quick announcement for y'all. If you guys had fun jumping and bouncing and sweating and getting nasty up in here, uh, some of y'all loved it. Okay. Less than three months away, we got our camp coming. Hey, and we've got a waiting list right now because we are full. We're bringing four buses, right? Four of them. We can't wait for that. But if you want to go, I mean, we're talking like we have less than 10 spots on a waiting list. We're very hopeful those spots will get open from camp. So you need to either text the word IMPACT to 41411 and sign up on the waiting list. That will be your option. I know you're not a waiting list, right? You're still a student. But choose waiting list as the option, or you can talk to the table out there, and they will get you all set. It's going to be amazing. If you like this, man, it's a week of that in the summer. It's, it's, it's unreal, okay? Next thing, seniors, all my seniors, guys, if you are in here right now and you'd like to be a part of the senior discussion upstairs in the green room, you can go ahead and take a step out to the lobby and head up there. Tonight, we're talking about this little word right here, Easter. Now, I want you guys all to think real quick about this word Easter. Take a second and then tell me what comes to mind. Okay, we're going to do this on the count of three. Okay, on the count of three, I want you guys all to shout out what comes to mind when you see the word Easter. One, two, three. Oh my goodness. Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. This guy already shut down the whole night. That's what I'm talking about. Okay, well, I'm not even, I'll be honest. I wish, what's your name, ma'am? Kyle. I wish I was like as, as holy and as wise as you, Kyle, because I'll be honest, when I see the word Easter, I think of a lot of different things. Uh, I usually think probably the first thing that comes to mind is this bunny, okay? Uh, and who won the Peter Cottontail game earlier? They forgot. Um, oh, Peter, he was hanging out backstage. Where's the winner from Peter Cottontail? Did you win it? No, you didn't. Where? Is she upstairs? All right. Well, then we're going to hold this for her. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and sit this right back here. Yeah, Peter, you just hang out. Somebody, no, don't worry. Pete, all Peter's buddies called him back there. You know, it's cool. It's what they do. Guys, I think of bunnies when it comes to Easter for me. Uh, I also think of um, candy. Yeah, very, very much so. I 100% think of 
candy. I asked my wife about it last night. Uh, I said, babe, what do you think about when it comes to Easter? And my wife said, pastel. Fellas, does anybody here know what pastel is? Oh, I said fellas. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. These girls are educating us right here. They are beautiful, pretty colors. A lot of my guys in the back are like, uh, is that pasta, pastor? I don't know what that is. That makes me hungry. Okay. Yeah, I didn't really know what pastel was either. But she thinks of pastel. She thinks of these bright colors. Now, she's a cake decorator. That's why she thinks that way. Now, I will tell you this, guys. When I was growing up, there were three different things that really came to my mind. Okay? And I'm going to show you guys a picture of them here, and I'll explain it for you. First, when it comes to Easter, you know, it was always one of my favorite holidays. And I'd love to say, just like my man Luke said earlier, it's because of, you know, the resurrection of Jesus. Yeah, I'd like to say, I'd tell my parents that answer. But really, the three biggest reasons were kind of up here on the screen for us. And one of the biggest things I liked about Easter was that we didn't have school. Yeah, I love Thanksgiving, then Easter, then Christmas. Because, man, we get three days off, a week off, two weeks off. That's why I love those holidays. And since we didn't have school, one place we always went was where? We went to the beach. Yes, we absolutely went down to the beach. We'd go down to Cherry Grove, North Myrtle Beach. We loved it down there. Uh, it was my family. We'd go, brothers, sisters, all that fun stuff. And the next thing I really loved about Easter was what we would have the following morning, a little bit of candy. Yeah, we had some, deli I'm talking like legit, like we wake up and go to our Easter basket, and then we would have all of a sudden, you know, like some Cadbury cream eggs. Yeah. We'd have like five of these things. So I got, I got a couple of them. But, uh, and I also, something else I really love was the caramel eggs. I absolutely love caramel eggs. They're just delicious. And then the next thing that came recently to me, and this is like something like I've discovered like in my, I guess my adult years. I think these might be the real Cadbury eggs. If you guys have ever had these before, they are absolutely positively delicious, you know. Yeah, they're really, really good. They're all Cadbury eggs. But guys, as we go through the, the candy thing, I loved waking up with an Easter basket. I just did. And I would eat so much candy. The next thing I would remember is this. Somebody just said children. Oh, Jesus. Save us, please. Help us. Yeah, uh, there are children. This is, hey, I actually did this picture because if you type in Google Easter egg hunt, this is what they give you. And I was like, does anybody else see something weird about this picture? Yeah, yeah. What I thought was, yeah, thank you so much. Guys, this is not a hunt. This is like, hey, turn around. Look, there's Easter eggs everywhere. You don't have to look for them. I, like, That's not, I mean, look at this. Look at this egg literally right here by her foot. And she's looking the other, the, the other direction like, I don't really know where these eggs are. They're all over the place. You know? I used to wake up and at the beach. We'd have our candy. And then after we had our candy, man, we would go and have Easter egg hunts. But it was not this easy. It was tough because my mom and my dad and my uncle and grandma, they would hide Easter eggs all over the place. Anybody here on Easter egg hunt? Yes. Okay, great. So they would hide them like in like neighbor's mailboxes. So all of a sudden, like, guys, I'm not taking your mail. It's Sunday anyway, but I'm going to go in here and just get an Easter egg. They'd hide them in birdhouses. They'd hide them like in lights. They'd hide them all over the place. And I didn't even really want the candy. I just wanted the thrill of finding the egg. That's all I really wanted. Now, I grew up. In the church, I gave my life to Jesus at a really, really, really young age. Um, so for Easter, it really wasn't, you know, I knew the end of the story. I knew what it was about. Yeah, Jesus lived, 
for us. He died for all of our sins, or basically all of our mistakes, everything we've done wrong in our life, everything we're ashamed of, we, we messed up with, we don't want to think about. Jesus died for those things on the cross. And we celebrate with Easter. And that's what I thought about. But the, the biggest problem really was for me, I didn't understand why there was this bunny hopping around like pooping out colored eggs. I didn't get that at all. It was super, super, super confusing for me. And so I just thought, man, it must be more about the candy. Because, hey, guys, question for my fellas in here. If you guys go home and you're getting ready to watch a game, okay, sorry, Duke, you, you guys won't watch yourself for a year, but it's okay. Don't worry about it. If you guys go home and you really, really, really want to watch a game and you say, I'm going to DVR it, and then you go to Impact, and if one of your buddies tries to tell you something about the game, what do you say? Whoa! Yeah, exactly. Hey, oh, I don't want to know yet. I don't want to, don't ruin the story for me. Don't ruin it because I'm really, really, really trying to stay in the dark and just get it. As soon as I come in, I can watch the whole game. Hey, ladies in here, The Bachelor. All right. I know, I know. Hey, stay with me here. The Bachelor. Check with The Bachelor, okay? Uh, If you guys watch The Bachelor and Ari comes along, yeah, and if you guys know you heard all these rumors and all of a sudden everybody starts saying, hey, you know Ari's going to pick this girl, but he's actually going to get engaged to the one that he doesn't really pick? Oh, my goodness, isn't that crazy? Hey, guys, and it, like, ruins the story. Me and Whitney would watch The Bachelor. It's, like, our guilty pleasure. I know, fellas, I'll watch it. I'm sorry. Uh, thank you, Luke, for the support. I would watch it, and I was always so upset if somebody ruined it for me. I never, ever, ever wanted to know if it was from Rumor Steve or whoever the heck it was online posting these stories of what really happened. I hated finding out the rest of the story. I like to be surprised at the end. So I guess just for me, like the whole Easter thing, I didn't really understand it and get it as much because I was like, I already know, I already know the end of the story. It wasn't exciting for me. So, hey, if that is you, Right? And if you gave your life to Jesus a long time ago, and if you're a Christian, man, we're so glad you're here. But I promise you, there's so much in between the beginning and the end. There's so much more to this holiday that we're going to celebrate tonight. We're going to talk about it tonight. So I just ask you, please, don't fall for these delicious candy eggs and everything else. There's a lot more to Easter. And there's a lot more behind the resurrection, which we're going to talk about. Now, if you're here and you've never been to church before, and... You are really trying to figure out what are wrong with all these people in here. This is crazy. Jesus. Everybody's like, uh, what's wrong with her? Uh, she's like in my science class. Uh, she's never acted like this. Hey, if that's the case for you, man, we're so glad you're here. The reason we get so excited and we have so much energy and passion is because we really and truly and honestly believe right, that faith in Jesus is something that can radically change your life. Exactly where you are. So what's so cool about the story for Easter is that Jesus didn't just die for everybody up here saying, praise him, yes, woo! Jesus died for the people in the back on their phones who really could give two rips about Jesus right now. Jesus died for all of us. So if we're going to be real for a second, that's what I really want to challenge you guys to do wherever you are in your journey with him. Hey, maybe you're here and you're a Christian, but you don't know a lot about the whole Jesus story. I want to tell you guys a story about Whitney and I's first Easter. Oh, no. I'll tell you what. Hey, (laughs) that is not the type of noise you would probably like for this story because at the time, I was, like, deathly, gravely ill. Like, I'm talking, like, I probably went to the bathroom upwards of 45 or 50 times in a weekend, and I threw up probably half that amount. 
No, no, no. You guys are not saying, oh, Marcus, you better stop. It was not a very comfortable, fun weekend. And I will always remember the drive back from the beach where we were. We stopped and got ice cream. I always get vanilla, but I was feeling kind of crazy, so I got, like, my favorite purple dinosaur, which is really vanilla, but it's dyed purple, if you all know what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's delicious. So I got that, and, man, it's like the first thing I really held down the whole Easter weekend. I was like, resurrection, new life, baby. That's what I'm talking about. It's good. And as I'm going, I'm like, oh, and this was even worse is Whitney was actually driving the whole time. I did not feel like a man at all. All right, well, this was another thing. But I said, wait, you're going to have to pull over. I've only known you for a couple months, but I'm about to just get really, really sick up here. You do not want to see this. Because I knew I would never have a chance if I threw up in her car, right? That would not be good. So we pull over the side of the highway, and it's a mix between, like, purple and Carolina blue all over the place. <laughs> so, yeah, there is no all to our Easter story. But I will tell you this. I realized something about my wife that weekend. I realized, man, she must really, really either like me or she must feel real sorry for me. But we hung out a little bit longer, so I'm very, very thankful to have her uh, at my side. But something that was really, really funny about the weekend was my mom. I love my mom to death. She is serving over in Encore right now with, um, with our volunteers' kids, having fun with the elementary and preschool kids. And something my mom broke out was this thing right here. These things known as resurrection eggs. Resurrection eggs. Anybody heard of these? Guys, so the whole idea of resurrection eggs is basically, guys, you got a dozen eggs, and throughout you have different symbols that represent the Easter story. So in one of the eggs, it's not candy. It's like a donkey. Another one, it's a rooster. Another one, there's a cross. Another one, there's this rock. Another one, there's these coins. And my mom breaks them out and sits them down like it's family time. And I'm like 26 years old. I'm like, Mom, what are you doing? Like, this is so embarrassing. And she's like, hey, Whitney, um, what do you know about this game? What do you know about these eggs? Can you do this with us? And Whitney looked at me like, I feel like I just came out of uh, some backcountry woods, Southern Baptist Revival Church. I don't know what I'm doing. And Whitney immediately was like, I don't really know if I fit in here. And I was like, Mom, you're killing me. What are you doing, Mom? With the re- Get your resurrection eggs. Please do me a favor. Can we put those back up? Because the story of the resurrection eggs, and the reason we talk about that, guys, is I think a lot of us, we probably might feel like we don't know enough about the Bible, or we don't know enough about Easter, or we don't know enough about Jesus, where you feel like you aren't probably good enough to be a Christian. And I asked Whitney today, I said, you know, honestly, babe, how did that story, how did that make you feel when that happened? She said, I honestly just was really, really embarrassed. I didn't feel like I was really good enough, and I didn't feel like I knew enough. And I'm here to tell you guys tonight, y'all do not have to go to Lifeway and buy some resurrection eggs. I bought some today from this lady, and if you have them, I'm not knocking them. You study them. Have fun with them. The white one is actually empty because the tomb is. That's cool, isn't it, right? But I walked in there, and I said, I need to buy these for my high schoolers tonight, my middle schoolers. And she looked at me. She's like, This is a great way to teach the Easter story. I said, bless you. It absolutely is. Have a good day, right? But, guys, if you don't know that much to go through a whole dozen eggs, it is absolutely positively okay wherever you are on your journey with Jesus. The most important thing this Easter is I want to encourage and challenge you guys to at least try and journey with them. Because this story we're about to talk about, man, it's absolutely worth it. And he doesn't want you to necessarily have to know every single verse, every single scripture, every single story. You don't have to do that. But he wants you to try. And we're going to jump into the story of Easter. So what we believe 
uh, guys, as followers of Jesus, is we believe Jesus was a real man. He lived. He loved everybody. He served, and he performed some pretty gnarly, awesome, sweet miracles, okay? He even, like, walked on water. You know, he fed thousands of people with a couple of fish and loaves. He did a lot of amazing things. Turned water into wine. My leaders are like, yeah, that's cool, right? He did a lot of awesome things, and there's so many different miracles that he did that we could talk about, but the biggest thing was Jesus was the Son of God, and he came so all of us in here, we could be forgiven for our mistakes and our problems, our shame, our past, all these things. And he had a mission all along to come and to live and to die for us. So at Easter, we celebrate that death because death wasn't the only thing that, that stopped him. Now, there's four different parts of the Easter story that we're going to talk about. Okay. First part we're going to hop into right here is this word known as betrayal. Everybody say betrayal with me. Has anybody here ever been betrayed? Okay, uh, maybe you've been betrayed by your little brother. Maybe you told him, like, a secret, or maybe you kicked a hole in your wall and, like, don't tell. Say the dog ran into it when he was chasing a bone or a ball. I don't know what happened. And then guess what happens? Eventually, a couple weeks later, they flip it and go and tell your mom and dad, hey, actually, Junior over there just gave a Pele right to the wall. He did it on purpose because he was mad because you made fun of him. So if that would happen, that is some serious betrayal. Or maybe your betrayal is something more along the lines of, man, people you hang out with, like, you used to chill with them, like, all the time. You used to have a group text with them. And now, maybe their group text includes everybody but you. That's rough. Maybe they're going out to eat. Maybe they're going to movies. Maybe they're going to games, whatever it is. And all of a sudden, you don't really have an invite anymore, and you feel betrayed. Or, ladies, maybe your best friend, my best friend in the whole world, maybe she decided to date your ex-boyfriend. Hey, that happens. And it's, hey, guys, y'all better not be in here laughing like, yeah, my girlfriend did that, my girlfriend did that. No, 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 no. Guys, betrayal stinks. It burns. It hurts. It's not a fun feeling. I don't know how much you guys really follow with, you know, being betrayed and things like that. But when I get betrayed, dude, I want to turn around and just punch that dude in the throat. Like, I don't want to just let it slide because I, I get mad. I, I want to get even. Hey, Jesus in the story of Easter, it actually, you know, the whole Good Friday thing really starts. It all, crucifixion happens because Jesus was betrayed. And let's, let's jump here to uh, the Gospel of Luke. Luke wrote this Gospel, telling everybody about Jesus, telling about this guy who lived. He was a son of God. He died. And he even rose from the grave, which is crazy. But this is what Jesus says at the Last Supper. Has anybody heard of the Last Supper before? What happened in the Last Supper? That's right. The last time Jesus really ate, what did they have for dinner? Bread. Bread and wine. Okay, that sounds like a delicious meal, doesn't it? Yeah. Man, I'm hungry. I'd want some queso or something maybe for the bread. I don't know if they had that. But, hey, they're sitting here at this table, and Jesus is breaking bread with them, which is always a symbol of coming together. And Jesus knows in his mind what's about to happen. He knows he's about to be betrayed by one of these guys at the table. Check this out. Jesus says, but here at this table, sitting among us as a friend, is the man who will what? Betray. The man who's going to betray. betray me. Hey, like in your group right now where you're sitting, imagine if the, the girl sitting next to you was getting ready to betray you. Fellas, imagine if the dude next to you is about to betray you. Hey, how would y'all respond? Some of you are going to throw some hands, man. Those would be some problems. Y'all would get very frustrated. Hey, 
What does Jesus do? Jesus, you know what he does? Nothing. He still loves them. Which, hold on. Wait, he, he still loves them, which is crazy. This dude's getting ready to turn him in to the government and to the, the Pharisees and the religious people who think that Jesus is not really the Son of God. They think he's just some crazy, long-haired, bearded, wild guy. They think there's no way this dude is the Son of God. We're going to turn him in. And this guy's going to turn him in in a matter of hours, y'all. And Jesus is still just chill. He's like, hey, one of y'all going to betray me. Who's the guy who betrayed him? Yeah, Judas. Judas, who did it for 30 pieces of silver. It's actually funny. These resurrection eggs, there's three pieces of silver. I want to take the lady back and be like, where are my other 27 pieces? Like, I'm confused here. Okay, let's go to the next verse here. Judas approaches him. But even as Jesus said this, a crowd approached led by Judas, one of the 12 disciples. Hey, if you were a disciple, do you think they were friends? Yeah. Absolutely. One of his closest friends. Absolutely, Luke. Very, very true. He was one of his guys. And he's going to betray him, not like just to try and date his ex-girlfriend or just to try and just, you know, hang out with other people. He's betraying him to kill him for money, man. And Judas walks over to Jesus to greet him with a kiss. It's not even a dap. Right? In this, now, in the culture back here, right, this was a sign of respect. This was not something weird. Some of y'all are like, what is going on here? I'm so confused. It was a sign of respect, love, admiration. I mean, this is like the kiss of death here. You guys ever heard of that before, that expression? Yeah, absolutely. This is what we're talking. This is where it kind of came from. Guys, don't you dare be like, I'm going to give my girl a kiss of death. Don't you do that, right? We up in church, okay? He goes to him and he betrays him with a kiss. And what does Jesus do? Does he fight back? No. But to Jesus, uh, excuse me, but Jesus said, Judas, would you betray the son of man? With a kiss? Would you betray really me, the, the, the son of God? Everything I've done, man, how much I love you, how much I've taken care of you, how much I, mean, I just washed your feet earlier, dude. Like, come on, man, you nasty, grimy feet. And you betray me? I would be mad. I'd be like, all right, I'm going to go with y'all, but I'm going to handle this first. Jesus doesn't. Jesus doesn't do any of that. Hey, some of y'all are facing betrayal right now in here with each other, with family, with friends. And, man, some of us got to swallow some pride. I mean, that's what Jesus did for this whole weekend to even be possible. Hey, check out what happens next. After betrayal, we had denial. Everybody say denial. denial. Not denial. Smell like denial, River. Denial, yes. We're talking about denial here. Now, what does denial mean? I think denial in some cases is even worse than betrayal. Because this is like when somebody's like, dude, you don't know me. We're not cool. We're not boys. Like, oh, excuse me, don't you, like, ladies, I don't know if you girls come up and talk to y'all. Middle school, y'all are some savages, so you might do this. Girl might be like, hey, um, oh, excuse me, uh, Taylor, don't you date um, Johnny over here? Oh, no, I actually, I don't date Johnny because he picks his nose, right? I don't do that. And then Johnny hears it, Johnny's like, oh, crud, man, I thought we were cool. Hey, and ladies, all guys do it, so sorry about that. But denial, that is not cool, that's not fun, it's not a good feeling at all, okay? Hey, or this denial could say, I thought we were really, really close friends. You know, like, if you're hanging out, and you, you can always tell beginning of the school year, like, whenever school starts, and you guys all walk in the cafeteria for the first time, you guys are picking out your tables, where you're going to sit, who you're going to hang with, and some of y'all go over like, yo, this is my boy from middle school, I'm going to come sit at the table, and he's like, whoa, hold on there, chief, nah, 
Sorry, man. We're actually, this is like a football table. You don't really play football. I don't really know you that well. Guys, denial stinks. That's not a fun feeling. I don't know what's worse. I've been going back and forth all week, betrayal over denial. I wouldn't want to face either one of them. And Jesus faced them both. Hey, and Jesus didn't just face denial one time. He didn't face it twice. He ended up facing it three times. Terrible. And it wasn't even by Judas, because Judas had already ran off at this point. It was actually by the guy who told Jesus, hey, one of y'all going to betray me? Remember when he was talking about Judas, that last verse we just talked about? Peter follows up and says, hey, Jesus, no way. I'm not going to betray you, dude. I would never. Anything you need, I'd be there. I'd go wherever you want me to go. And look what, look what he actually says to him. I love this verse. We're going uh, Luke 22, 33 to 34. Peter says, whoa, betrayal. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, Jesus. Hey, I'm ready to go to prison with you. We're going to be cellmates, man. I got you. Even to die with you. I'm going to give my life for you. There's no way. I'm, there, I'm not going to betray you. And Jesus says, no, Peter, you're right. You're not going to betray me. You're actually going to do what? Deny me. Peter, let me tell you something. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, when do y'all eat supper? At what time of day? Oh, 5.30. That's legit, yeah. At day, uh, afternoon, or what? Night. Yeah, I like that. Some of y'all are so specific. I love it. Guys, they eat it at night. And Jesus says to Peter, hey, Peter, let me tell you something, bro. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, in a matter of hours, hey, look, like you're going to leave this room. I'm about to get betrayed soon. All these things are going to happen. And you're not even, you're going to go to prison with me. You're not going to go anywhere you need me. You're definitely not going to die for me. You're actually going to deny me how many times? Deny. And what's worse is you don't just say, no, nah, I'm not cool with Jesus. You say, dude, I don't know him. I did not associate with him. Jesus had nothing. To, I had nothing to do with that guy. Do not you dare associate me with Jesus. Uh-uh. Three times. By somebody who was one of his closest guys. Some of y'all have friends like that who, man, like, I would do anything for you. Bro, I got you. But when push comes to shove, they are some ghosts. Guys, Peter straight up goes to Jesus about three times in a matter of hours. That's tough. Denial is not something you would ever, ever want to face. Next, what, what happens? So just so you guys are kind of following with me and tracking with me, Jesus is arrested. He's thrown on trial. They take him to all these people in the government, these, the, the Pharisees, the religious teachers, and they say, hey, man, this guy, he's wrong. He claims he's the son of God. He claims he's the Messiah. He claims he's the Savior. We can't have it. we got to fix this. We need to punish him. Well, we can't throw him in prison. If we throw him in prison, he's still living, and people will still rally behind him. You know, What are we going to do? Let, I think, we should, I think we're going to have to kill him. We're going to have to kill this Jesus guy. Well, what did he do wrong? Well, he keeps saying he's the son of God. There's no way this guy's the son of God. There's no way. They were so blind by their hate, man, they didn't even see it was really Jesus. And what ends up happening? The last one, death. Yeah, and it wasn't just, it wasn't like a quiet death, you know, in some back, sandy, dusty, electric chair that the Roman government had. They didn't have that back then, guys. It's actually something that was really, really brutal. The Roman government would use this thing called the crucifixion, which is why now we as Christians follow and, and believe in a cross. It's like our sign. But that was a terrible, awful, just disaster 
of a, of, of a symbol for the Roman government. Because what you would do, and they gave Jesus probably the worst treatment possible. First thing they did, they took him and they bind his hands together, right, and stretched him out. And they actually had him lean up against, like, probably some sort of rail. And they took this long leather whip, like, with, like, nine different strands to it. Yeah. And on the end of it, what they have? Pieces of glass, pieces of rock. And it was this thing called flogging. Something the Roman government did and some other civilizations did as well. It's brutal. Like, so you're sitting there, and you're getting literally flogged. You're getting whipped, not with a belt. You're getting whipped with something that will literally rip your skin off your bones to a point where you could die that way. Jesus was literally flogged to the point where if he got hit one more time, they don't know if he would have made it. They didn't want him just to die. They wanted him to be completely humiliated. After that, I mean, literally to the brink of death, they throw this robe on him. It's like itchy and scratchy and it's probably going into like literally his open wounds that are down to his ribs. Just brutal. And then they tell Jesus to, what's he supposed to do? He's supposed to carry the thing he's going to die on. A lot of other things happen. He's got to carry his cross. And he's walking through crowds of people. It would probably be something just like this. Because everybody sees this guy. Oh, Jesus, if you're the son of God, hey, man, stop this. You didn't do anything wrong. If you're really the son of God, why don't you send your angels? Why don't you do something here? Jesus is walking. Carrying a cross. He's so tired and exhausted, somebody has to actually help him carry it because he's so beat down. When he gets there, they didn't just tie him on a cross. Typically, the Roman government would tie you to a cross. right? And they actually decided instead to use uh, these really, really thick iron rotten nails to hammer. Not through his hands, because if it was through his hands, then it would probably would just slide through if you're holding your weight up. So they had to put it through his, through his wrist you know, so the bones would hold him. God, it's brutal. And to think the whole time, you know, Jesus, Jesus is doing this, and he could have easily told God, told, send the angels, send somebody. He could even say, dude, I'm innocent. I haven't done anything wrong. A lot of y'all, when you say you're innocent, you are guilty as sin, right? Jesus, Jesus was innocent. He didn't, what did he do? But he goes to the cross, he's hammered in his wrist, hammered across his ankles. How do you die when you're on a cross? Anybody know? Yeah, you suffocate. I, I used to think you would bleed out. That's exactly what I thought. I know this is, this is graphic, this is brutal, but it's so important to understand what Jesus went through for you. You suffocate because your arms are stretched and your lungs are stretched for hours and hours and hours. And your legs, Jesus' legs were nailed so a lot of times they would try and use their legs to try and, you know, get some weight so they can actually breathe a little bit better. But man, it's not possible at all. And this is Jesus' last words here. And what he says, as, a, as literally a crown is hammered on his head as the king, you know, they mocked him. And check out this verse from John uh, chapter 19. This is what Jesus says on the cross. It is it's finished. He bows his head, says he released his spirit. <clears throat> and uh, you think about that, guys, and you think about the fact that Jesus did that for all of us, man. If you know him, if you pray every morning to him, if you have a relationship with him, if you've been baptized, he did it for you. If it's your first time here, he did it for you. If you've never even 
giving Jesus a chance, he would do it again for you. If you're struggling and you feel like Jesus didn't listen to you and he's not there for you right now, he is. And he did this for you and he would do it again for you. But hey, man, we're celebrating Easter, y'all. So a lot of people thought death was the end. Death is like the ultimate solution. It's supposed to be the final solution. No more problems from this Jesus guy. We're going to put him on a cross. That's going to be it. I was on Friday. But what's so cool about Easter and the reason we're celebrating, the reason we're about to blow the roof off this place with some music is because what happens next. In John chapter 20, let's hop on this verse. It says, early on Sunday morning, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. Guys, tombs, you guys know what tombs are? It's like a place like, think of like a um, cemetery or a graveyard. Tombs are a place where most of of the time wealthy people would, would go and their bodies would be preserved and people could go and pay their respects there. Well, Jesus was given a tomb for his body. He goes on Sunday, or excuse me, his disciples go on Sunday. Mary Magdalene goes on Sunday. And they freak out because the tombs rolled away. What do they think? They thought somebody stole the body. Like, oh, where's Jake? Daggone it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Somebody took the body. Oh, my goodness. What are we going to do? This is terrible. They were devastated. I mean, Jesus wasn't just like just a regular friend. I mean, he was their everything, man. And they couldn't find the body. This guy died. They've been hiding for days. They don't know what to do. And then the reason we celebrate is this thing called resurrection. Resurrection. Hop it up here. And what resurrection actually means is what Jesus experienced on that Sunday It's new life. New life. In the history of man, there has never, ever, 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 ever been somebody who died and rose from the grave on his own power. Never. Don't you dare say Frankenstein. Doesn't happen, man. Hey, listen, you know why we celebrate Jesus? You know why we celebrate this 2,000 years later? You know how we know it's real? It's because this Christianity is still moving. Man, people still believe it. Because, hey, for all those disciples and everybody who followed him, and for everybody to change their life, they saw resurrection. They saw Jesus with new life. All these other world religions, and they like to have different claims and different things, and that's okay. They can have that. But nobody has resurrection like Jesus. Nobody. That's how we know it's real. And that spirit that he released into heaven... When he said, Tetelestai, it is what? Finished? Mission complete? I've died for you guys? What that means is if you ask me into your heart, I'm there. And the Holy Spirit is with you guys at all times. Mark 6, 6, what does the angel say? Because everybody's looking for him all over the place. The angel tells him, hey, I know you guys are looking for Jesus. The tomb's empty. You don't know what happened. They, didn't, they weren't even thinking that he was resurrected. What they actually say is, don't be alarmed. Guys, y'all looking for Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. In other words, nobody comes back from this, ever. Well, he isn't here. I'd have been like, excuse me, angel. I, I know, like, there's no, it's an empty tomb. Why isn't he here? He's risen from the dead. Look, here's where his body used to, used to lay over here. Guys, he, he rose. And when he rose from the grave, when he rose from the tomb, his body wasn't stolen, we all experienced victory. So, when, jo- when Jesus rose from the dead, we experienced victory. And what it meant to them 2,000 years ago was victory. Victory, man. Like, this is like your March Madness moment where you win the championship, and you're going to remember this forever. 
Y'all think Loyola is a great story? Man, Jesus conquering the grave and the cross and everybody who told him there was no chance, he's not going to do it, you're not the son of God. 2,000 years later, we still go crazy for it because it meant victory for us. You know what else it means for everybody in here? All of us. When Jesus rose from the dead, he gives us freedom. He gives all of us some freedom. And again, I don't know where you are with the Easter story or where you are with your walk with Jesus or if you even have one. But I want to challenge y'all, really, this Easter, this year, man, some of you guys, y'all need some victory in your life. Some of you guys need some hope. Some of y'all need some, some freedom from your past, from these relationships that aren't working out. For my worries about school, worries about the future, worry about these things. Hey, guys, let me tell you all something. If Jesus, who we believe, came, lived, died, rose from the grave, you don't think he can bring new life into your situation right now? You must be crazy. Because when Jesus conquered the grave, it meant all things then Jesus can conquer. And he wants to conquer. And he wants to give us victory. And he wants to give us freedom in those things. Is life going to be hard? Yeah, it will. Absolutely. But I'll tell you one thing. I just wish, I really and truly do, I wish I could have seen the disciples' faces when Jesus showed up to them. Be speechless. I mean, think about all their fears and worries and everything. They didn't matter anymore because they had this Savior in their life. Hey, and I'm not telling y'all to, to, to stop worrying and being afraid and being fearful and I'm not telling you to throw that away. I'm not telling you to throw away that your problems with school, problems with your family. Some of y'all have some awful, terrible, horrible situations, and I'm so sorry for that. But when Jesus rose from the dead, he gave us some freedom from those things. When Jesus rose, man, he gave us victory. And I don't know where you are right now with your walk. But he wants you to experience some of that freedom, and he wants you to experience some of that victory. And we're here for you guys, and we love you guys, and that's our prayer for y'all. So as we get ready to sing this last song about what Jesus did to death, and how he overcame, and how he arrested death. Guys, I want y'all to listen to the words and feel that spirit, because when he released it up into heaven, if you've asked him in your heart, he's right here, and he's going to be booming inside your chest. And if that's not you yet, we're glad you're here and we love you. And we love to help you however we can with those conversations. Jesus wants to give you freedom and victory. That's why he did everything he did. And let's talk to him right now. Heavenly Father, Jesus, we come to you over 2,000, almost 2,000 years later. And we celebrate Easter. And man, we... It was such a horrible, brutal, terrible couple of days for you. We know it had to be. But God, we are so grateful that you overcame betrayal and denial and death. And you found and you lived in that resurrection. And you had that new life. And you laughed at death. God, and I pray that all of our students in here tonight, that we can do the best we can to live in that freedom that you offer us, to live in that victory that you want us to experience as followers of you. God, I pray for the students tonight who aren't there right now, and they don't really know yet about you, and they should believe you or follow you or not. I pray that they'll have strength for it, God. 
I pray we sing this song right now to you in honor of you on this special, special week that really and truly did give us victory. Father, we love you. And it's in your son Jesus' resurrected name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you would like to get more information on Impact Student Ministry or The Summit Church, visit us online at thesummitchurch.net.